this is Yesterday Today, where we bring you the best of yesterday's radio today. I'm one of your hosts, Jake Westbrook, and by my side is my co-host and confidant, McLean Westbrook. Confidant. Confidant. It means I, I confide in you. When was the last time you confided in me? McLean, your introduction doesn't have to be accurate. I'm just, I'm trying to come up with a, a fun way of ushering in the episode, okay? It's hard to do this every week, all right? Okay, okay. You just come up with a new adjective for me every week. I'm only trying to keep up. Ah, it's not that deep. I'm just trying to be entertaining. Sorry. Entertain away. Sure. Well, on to the theme of today's show, McLean. It wasn't too long ago, perhaps just a couple weeks, nary, maybe even days, that I woke up one morning, stepped out of my home, and I noticed a change in the air. Oh yeah, your neighbors raise chickens, don't they? Yes, but that's beside the point. I'm talking about the chill of winter having ever so slightly receded. The temperature started climbing. It was almost above freezing. The skies had cleared, and one could almost feel the warmth of the sun. It looked like we had turned ever so subtly, ever so slightly. We had turned the corner on winter, and we were heading towards spring. What are you talking about? It's the dead of winter. Right, that's the point. I had fallen victim to a false spring. Very dangerous thing. Not 24 hours after my hopeful optimism for warmer weather had abandoned, we were struck with one of the most intense, unrelenting snowstorms in recent memory. Cold, harsh reality struck as the snow fell, the wind blew, and the temperature plummeted. Man, I hope your neighbor's chickens are okay. Forget about the chickens. The point is, like it or not, there's no getting around the fact that it's still winter. We're in the thick of it, and it's gonna be the thick of it for the foreseeable future. Did, did that groundhog see a shadow or not? I don't remember, actually. So what does that mean for the theme for this week? Are we playing shows about warm weather? No, denial's not a healthy coping strategy. We're accepting our fate here. We're leaning into it. Our theme this week is Alaska. It's the coldest place I could think of. Although, actually, are, are, are there colder places in Alaska? I should look this up feel like we could have chosen a cheerier theme. We're focusing on the dark, cold winter right now. We're forging ahead through the cold, and we're going to come out on the other side as uh, as something. And uh, we're going to start off with some music. I have a few a few, a few tracks about Alaska. Uh, I think these are from like mid-50s, early 60s, sort of that. Uh, where are they? Ah, here we go. Take it away, Johnny Horton. Way up to Alaska. Way up to Big Sam left Seattle in the year of 92 With George Pratt, his partner, and brother Billy, too They crossed the Yukon River and found the Bonanza Gold Below that old white mountain, just a little southeast of Nome Sam crossed the majestic mountains to the valleys far below He talked to his team of huskies as he mushed on through the snow With the northern lights a-running wild in the land of the midnight sun Yes, Sam McCord was a mighty man in the year of 1901 where the river is winding, big nuggets they're finding. Nug to Alaska, I go north, the rush is on. Way up north, way up north. to Alaska, I go north, the rush is on. North to Alaska, I go north, the rush is on. 
shorts turned to Sam with his gold in his hand. Said Sam, you're looking at a lonely, lonely man. I'd trade all the gold that's buried in this land for one small band of gold to place on sweet little Jenny's hand. Cause a man needs a woman to love him all the time. Remember, Sam, a true love is so hard to find. I'd build for my Jenny a honeymoon home below that old white mountain, just a little southeast of Nome, where the river is winding, big nuggets they're finding. North to Alaska, I go north, the rush is on. North to Alaska, I go north, the rush is on. Way up Below. 
It's all because of a burning love that's buried deep inside. I lost my mate in a howling storm and searched both far and wide. I know she's here in the land of snow. She never really died. She's off out there and loves me still and hears me when I cry. Mush! Mush! Mush on your Malibu. Half dog, half wolf, through the night. Mush! Mush! Some night we're bound to find it. Then on the golden sleigh forever we'll ride. See your eyes in the midnight sky, she's smiling down on me. They sparkle still and always will, just like they used to be. When the northern lights paint up the sky, I almost call her name. I see her hair in a brilliant spray, it's fiery like a flame. As I ride on in the icy wind and the Malamutes slope on, my whip flicks out like pistol shots to the sleigh dogs hear my song. Mush, mush, mush on your Malamute. Half dog, half wolf, lump on The cold of the black of night that keeps on worrying me. Now the howling winds that howls and blows till I can hardly see. Now the lonely cry of a timber wolf that seems to fill the sky. It's what some folks might do with me when my time comes to die. When you know for sure I'm about to sleep, lay me in my sleigh. Crack the whip to the Malibu and I'll be on my way singing. Mush, ha, mush, ha, mush on you Malibu. Half dog, half wolf. Did our dance on a cold Niagara 
The song she kept singing made a man's blood run cold When it's springtime in Alaska, it's 40 below As I could be I didn't know Lil was big It's wife to be He took out his knife And he gave it a throw When it's springtime in Alaska I'll be six feet below That's my heart of world Who lives along the Yukon far away With the northern lights a shine She rubs her nose to mine She cuddles close and I can hear her say Ooga ooga mushka Which means that I love you If you will be my baby I'll ooga ooga mushka you Then I take her hand in mine Set her on my knee The squaws along the Yukon Are good enough for me She makes her underwear From hides of grizzly bear And bathes in ice cold water Every day Her skin I love to touch But I just can't touch it much Because her fur-lined parka's in the way Ooga ooga mushka Which means that I Set her on my knee The squalls along the Yukon Aren't good enough for me She has the air core down The sourdoughs hang around Chichacos try to date her night and day With the landing gear that's fine Fuselage divine And a smile that you can see a mile away Ooga ooga mushka Which means that I love you If you will be my baby I'll ooga ooga mushka you Then I take her hand in mine And set her on my knee The squalls along the Yukon Are good enough for me Carry me back to old I wanted the gold, and I sought it. I scrabbled and muck like a slave. Was it famine or scurvy? I fought it. I hurled my youth into a grave. I wanted the gold, and I got it. Came out with a fortune last fall. Yet somehow life's not what I thought it. And somehow that gold isn't all. No, there's the land. Have you seen it? It's the cussedest land that I know. From the big dizzy mountains that screen it to the deep death-like valleys below. 
Some say God was tired when he made it, and some say it's fine land to shun. Maybe. But there's some as would trade it for no land on earth, and I'm one. I've stood in some mighty mouthed hollow that's plumb full of hush to the brim and watched that big husky sun wallow in crimson and gold and grow dim till the moon sets the pearly peaks gleaming and the stars tumble out neck and crop. And I thought I surely was dreaming with the peace of the world piled on top. The summer, no sweeter ever, the sunshiny woods all a thrill. The grailing a leap in the river, the big horn asleep on the hill. The strong life that never knows harness, the wild where the caribou call, the freshness and the freedom and the farness. Lord knows how I'm stuck on it all. The winter, the brightness that blinds you, the white land locked tight as a drum, and the cold fear that follows and finds you, and the silence that bludgeons you dumb. The snows that are older than history, and the woods where the weird shadows slant, the stillness, the moonlight, the mystery. I bade him goodbye, but I can't. There's a land where the mountains are nameless, and the rivers all run God knows where. There are lives that are erring and aimless, and death that just hangs by hair. There are hardships that nobody reckons. And there are valleys unpeopled and still. There's a land. Oh, it beckons and beckons, and I want to go back, and I will. There's gold, and it's haunting, it's haunting. It's luring me on as of old. Yet it isn't the gold that I'm wanting so much as just finding the gold. It's the great big broad land way up yonder. It's the forest where silence has lease. It's the beauty. It thrills me with wonder. It's the stillness that fills me with peace. Welcome back to Yesterday Today. We're continuing our defiant trudge through the dark, cold winter. Still think you're being just a little overdramatic about this. It's the coldest winter of our lives, McLean. Just being realistic right now, you know. If you'll excuse me, I will let our guest in. Our guest? Yeah, I invited someone over to help bolster our wintry theme this week. Who? Well, hey, everybody. Real nice of you to invite me over like this. Lenny? McLean, as you recall, just a few weeks ago, Lenny here offered us the opportunity to invest in his dog sled team. Wanted to run the Iditarod in Alaska next month, and I couldn't think of anything that stands as a better testament to the human spirit as it fights against the forces of nature than the story of the legendary dog race. You know, fun fact, uh, the Iditarod's only been going on since the 70s, but it, it carries on the tradition of dog races that stretch way back into the state's history. Jake, I think you have cabin fever. You know Lenny's a con man, right? No offense. None taken. He doesn't have a dog sled team. He's just looking to get people to invest in another one of his schemes. His motives aren't important. We're looking for a story of the indomitable human spirit triumphing over the cold of winter. That's why I invited him. And you thought Lenny was a good choice for that. Hey, hey, I got plenty of abominable stories and all that for my years of dog mushing. Are you uh, interested in investing in my team or... No, no, Lenny. I'm actually I'm only interested in a story of man against nature. You have any of those? Well, I don't work for free. Uh, I think I have like fifty bucks in my wallet. If that means anything to you. Hmm. I think I feel an old dog mushing story starting to surface in my memory. It, it's coming. It's coming. 
Don't look at me. I don't carry cash. Fine. Fifty bucks will be enough to surface it after all. Now, as I recall, I was up in the Yukon with my old pal Sam McGee. Have either of you ever been up to the Yukon? I mean, we've been to Alaska, but it was like summertime, so it doesn't really count, I don't think. Well, let me tell you. There are strange things done in the midnight sun by the men who moil for gold. The Arctic trails have their secret tales that would make your blood run cold. Uh, Lenny. The northern lights have seen strange sights. Um. But the strangest they ever did see. Uh, Lenny. Was that night on the marge at Lake LaBarge. Lenny, this is like, this is a... When I cremated Sam McGee. Lenny, this is a well-established song. This is an actual thing. Sam McGee was from Tennessee, where the cotton blooms and blows. Uh, uh, all right, you, you keep you going. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to play the song instead. I think that would, that would go better. It was always cold, but the land of gold seemed to hold him like a spell. All those old northern lights, they have seen the queerest sights, but the queerest sight that they did ever see. It was on the moonlit march of that old Lake LaBarge, on the night that I cremated Sam McGee. Now my pal Sam McGee was from old Tennessee, in the land where the cotton blooms and rose. But why Sam left his home in the deep, deep south to roam, round the pole way up north, God only in the long search for gold, he was always so cold How he longed again to roam the southern plain I would listen to him rave, how he feared an icy grave And if I die, he said, cremate my last remains Well, a pal's last need is a thing we have to heed So I promised and I swore I would not fail And again we started on at the first streaks of dawn But oh God, he was looking ghastly pale He crouched on the sleigh and he raved away all day About the warmth of his home in Tennessee And before the night did fall, I'd have promised to recall For a corpse was always left to Sam McGee and I came upon the marge of that old Lake LaBarge Where a broken-down derelicted lay She was jammed there in a vice of twenty feet of frozen ice Was abandoned and left there to decay Some planks I quickly tore from its old cabin floor And I gathered up the chunks of scattered coal Soon the blazing furnace red seemed an old McGee was dead So I stuffed him in that old cremating hole there sat me, buddy Sam, looking mighty cool and cam In the heart of those furnace flames roar And he wore a great big smile, you could almost see a mile As he chuckled, hurry up and closed the door She's a fine place in here, but I do greatly fear You may let in that awful cold and storm For since I left Plumtree down in good old Tennessee She's the first time that I've been really warm yeah, those old northern lights, they have seen the queerest sights But the queerest sight that they did ever see It was on the moonlit march of that old Lake LaBarge On the night that I cremated Sam McGee On the night that I cremated Sam McGee And he wore a smile you could see for a mile And he said, please close that door it's fine in here, but I greatly fear you'll let in the cold and storm. Since I left Plum Tree down in Tennessee, it's the first time I've been warm. 
Lenny, that story sounds awfully familiar. Oh, it should. Everyone who goes up to the Yukon has a story like that. Common occurrence. You would know if you'd ever been up there like me. Anyway, I heard there was a $50 bill around. I technically did promise you, so here you go. Thanks a bunch. Well, better be going. See you in Alaska. You just paid 50 bucks for a reading of a public domain poem. Yeah, my finances aren't feeling quite as indomitable as my human spirit right now, but... Anyway, up next we have this little uh, clip from radio station KHAR out of Alaska. It's from, I think, 1968. It's just a little uh, little fun historical thing. And then we have an episode of This Is Your FBI, one of the true story procedural crime shows of the day where it just it walked you step by step through an, invest- an actual investigation. You know, just names would change to protect the innocent and all that, but... Uh, and so it's a format for a show that remains popular to this day, but this episode takes place in Alaska, as it were, and so here we go. Your Yellow Cab Company presents stories and legends of the big country. A hundred years of northern history and growth, brought to you by Yellow Cab, where five can ride for the price of one. In a minute, this is Alaska. Yellow Cab says who said never on Sundays. Yellow Cab says use their gas to and from work, shopping, or wherever, and use your gas for weekend recreation. Yellow Cab says five can ride for the price of one. Yellow Cab says Cabot. The gas you save may be your own. Call 272-2422. It's the Yellow Cab formula for relieving gas pain. There's a Yellow Cab going your way 24 hours a day. About 70 years, dog mail was familiar in Alaska, and for the first 40 of those years, it was the only system used by the Postal Service. The routes were many during the closing decades of the last century and well into this one. It was commonplace in the old days for the sledges, as they were called, to carry 700 pounds of mail. Sometimes two sledges were coupled together with as many as 25 dogs used. A typical route was over the bleak and hazardous trail between Kotzebue and Barrow, 650 miles, where temperatures often reached 60 below. North of the Arctic Circle, mails were often carried all year round over ice, and as late as the 20s, about 75% of the offices in the Alaska interior were not served by railroad and had to be served by men and dogs. It's a unique history worthy of recording and a colorful era for the U.S. mails. Daily at this time, Yellow Cab presents scenes, legends, and stories of the big country. This is Alaska. The Equitable Life Assurance Society presents This is Your FBI. This is your FBI, the official broadcast from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, presented transcribed as a public service by the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States and the Equitable Society's representatives in your community. I 
I think you'll agree with me that there's nothing sadder than people over 60 who are utterly dependent on their children or relatives. Get acquainted with a man who can show you how you can enjoy carefree independence in your 60s. He's a neighbor of yours, your local Equitable Society representative, and you like doing business with him. In about 14 minutes, I'd like to tell you more about this friendly, helpful neighbor of yours and how he can help you to take advantage of membership in the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States. Tonight, the subject of our FBI file, Bank Robbery. Its title, Snow Screen. In the fiction of crime, from the days of Poe and Victor Hugo to the era of the comic book and the pulp magazine, the conflict between lawbreaker and law enforcer has usually been depicted as an individual battle, a duel of wits and skill, with the arch-criminal pitted against the relentless lawman. Since the inception of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, however, the facts have been less romantic, more successful. The records of your FBI show that seldom, if ever, is apprehending a criminal a one-man job, although each case is assigned to a single agent in a single office. Many men cooperate in its solution. Scientists, technicians, local and state peace officers, members of other federal agencies, and as many other special agents as may be needed. Any or all of these may work on a single case. Even as in the case you are about to hear, in the most remote areas of its jurisdiction, the full striking force of your FBI is available to be used as needed. As in all wars, in the ceaseless battle against crime, the odds are with the big battalions. And the odds are on our side. Tonight's FBI file opens on a lonely homestead in one of the territorial possessions of the United States. It has been snowing for several days, and the drifts are piled high against the snug wooden cabin in front of which a young girl is unharnessing a dog team. All right, fellas. Go on in. Go on. Give on. Go on. I'm home, Pa. Where are you? By the fire. What there is left of it. I'm sorry, Pa. What took you so long? I couldn't cut just any old scrub pine. This tree's a Christmas tree. It's special. I got a fine one, too. I got a beauty. You just wait and see. Fire's dying out. Betsy, how many times do I have to tell you? Oh, sure, Pa. Sure. You don't mind about the tree, Pa? I thought it'd be nice for us to have a real Christmas. Just the two of us. Be like it was when Ma was alive and... and well, like it used to be. Go on. Why don't you say it? Like it was when I was a man, when I had my legs, when I wasn't a cripple. You know that's not it. I'll start supper. I ain't hungry. You will be when I fix it. What's the matter with them? You sure you unharnessed them right? Yeah. Well, go see what's wrong. All right, Pa. Shut that door. You want to blow out the fire? What is it, mister? 
What happened? My, my, my sled went through the ice. Oh. Oh, you, come on. You better get inside. Oh. Oh, you're too big for me to carry. Look, can you walk some? If you lean on me? I can try. Yeah. Come on. Oh. Come on. All right, easy. We're almost there. Come on. It's a fella, Pa. Stranger. What's he after? I don't know. I didn't ask him. I don't hold with taking these strangers, Betsy. You know that. He's hurt, Pa. I think he's hurt bad. Here. You lie down. Betsy. Here now. Now you take it easy, mister. You're going to be fine. Yeah, yeah, just fine and dandy. The next morning at FBI field headquarters in the territorial capital, Special Agent Jim Taylor reports to Supervisor Andrew Wagner. Good morning, Taylor. Morning, sir. Here's your transportation back to Seattle. My secretary stopped at the airport on her way in. Oh, thanks a lot, Mr. Wagner. You're all cleaned up on that security check? All I can do up here anyway. My next stop's Portland, Oregon, then home for Christmas. Oh, uh, Mr. Wagner, when do I take off? Well, I'm afraid that part's not so good. Oh? Seems the whole territory's weather-bound. Not likely to be any planes out for three or four days. <laughs> well, that's fine. Well, I guess I get a white Christmas whether I like it or not. Jim, I hate to take advantage of your predicament, but as long as you're stuck up here, we could use some help up in the Thorndike area. No, what is it, sir? Somebody blew the vault in the Thorndike National Bank yesterday. Is there anybody on it? Brad Stanford's our resident agent. He's been working with the United States Marshal's office. Any leads? Looks like it was pulled by a young prospector named uh, Dave Adams. Seems he used a dog sled for his getaway, headed for the backcountry. In this weather, he may be pretty tough to find. When do I leave, sir? Say, huh? that's quite a tree. You feeling better? Feeling great, thanks to you. Forget it. Anybody would have done the same. I'm not so sure your pa would have. Oh, don't mind, Pa. It's just that he's... Well, he's... No, I know. Look, hold the ladder, will you? So as I can put on the star? Sure. <laughs> there. How's that? It's fine. That's a real cute music box. Uh, my ma brought it all the way from Arkansas. Well, what do you know? Here, I'll help you down. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, you're... You new up here? I'm new. How come you lost your rig? I'm doing some prospecting up the valley. Went into Thorndike for supplies. Coming back, the way the snow was falling, I couldn't tell the trail from the stream. Uh, you're lucky to be alive. Yeah. Betsy, that stranger in there with you? Yeah, Pa, he's here. Tell him to be getting on his way. Now, Pa... It ain't fitting to have him hanging around. But, Pa... You tell him, you hear? I hear you. I, uh... 
I guess it's time for me to say thanks and goodbye. No. Huh? You ain't... You ain't strong enough to go yet. Besides, it looks like maybe we'll be snowed in. Would you mind if I stayed? No. I'd like it. Jim. Jim Taylor. Oh, hi, Brad. Yeah, I just on my way over to your office. Mr. Wagner phoned you'd be up. Well, I'd have been here sooner, but I waited for the teletype on your suspect to come in. Oh, good. It show anything? Oh, here, I'll read it to you. Uh, David Adams is his real name. Home of Seattle, age 23, couple of years of college. Majored in metallurgical engineering. You got a record? Uh, 18 months in state prison. Robbery? No, auto theft. Seems a bunch of kids got drunk after a football game, heisted a car, and cracked it up. Adams was driving. Model prisoner, recommended for parole, passed the board, reported in regularly. Had parole board's permission to move to Alaska. Well, there's nothing against him up here either until this. Brad's identification pretty positive. Circumstantial, but it adds up. He had a fight with the bank manager over a loan, threatened to get even. Several witnesses saw him shortly after the crime carrying a heavy gunny sack, and when the robbery was reported... He became a fugitive. Sounds like our man, all right. Any word on him? No, not so far. I've got the party searching the back country. What about his home base? He had a camp in Three Smokes Valley. We've established surveillance. Uh, Good enough. Well, Brad, where do I start? Well, I'm headed over to the bank to recheck the vault. Why don't you drop your gear at the hotel and meet me there? Betsy, that pump's pretty stiff. <laughs> it's most frozen solid. You shouldn't be doing this kind of stuff, Betsy. I manage. Do you? I ain't so bad in the summertime. A place like this needs men to run it. There. Paul runs it. I didn't mean that. I meant... Well, do the chores. Cut the wood, clear the land. You know. Well, like... Like a hired man? Well, yeah, sort of. Here you are. Well, who'd come work way out here? I would. You're kidding. No. Why? Well, why would you? Lots of reasons. I wouldn't hear of it. How about you? I don't come. Seems to me you ought to. Seems to me you do all the work. Maybe. Betsy? Yeah? I... No, wait. Please. Oh, no. Please. Don't do that. Not ever again. Didn't you want me to? Sure. Sure I did, but... But what? Come on. Before we freeze to death. Do I stay? I'll think about it. Come on. Sorry, I'm late, Jim. Oh, hello, Brian. You've given the place once, or... Did you find anything? Oh, not much. 
You know, it's a pretty neat job of vault cracking for an amateur. Yeah, Adams might have done some extracurricular studying in prison. That's possible. He was an engineering student, remember? Mm -hmm. They use stick dynamite, huh? Yeah, that's right. Most prospectors keep it handy. What's this in the hinge here, Brad? Like a scrap of green paper. Huh? Oh, it must be part of the explosive wrapper. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, heavy grade, wax, light green in color. I'll have a check for brand identification. All right. Oh, a couple of reports came in. On our fugitive? Maybe. Fell on the edge of town, sighted some half-frozen dogs dragging torn harness straps. One of the snowplow operators reported a jagged hole in the south fork of Little Frenchman Creek, about 12 miles north of town. Hole the size a sled would make going through the ice. And you think it's Adams? Oh, pretty sure. They found the sled? No, not yet. There's a party up fishing for it now. Just been checking the dogs. They're bedded down for the night. <laughs> you ain't been hired yet. Am I gonna be? Oh, just a stranger, huh? Ah. Just a poor boy needing help, huh? Oh, what's the matter? Fine friend you picked, Betsy. What are you talking about? I'm a talking about him. Nice friend for you. Fellow that robbed the Thorndike National Bank. Oh, you're crazy. Heard all about it on the radio just now. Had a description of the bandit. His description. Said he was a criminal, an ex-convict. Oh, no, Pa, it can't be. I don't believe it. Fellow there hadn't had a gunny sack. Figure he carried the loot in it. Why don't you look in his gunny sack, Betsy? All right, Pa. If it'll make Betsy, you... wait. It's true. Huh? I'm the one they're looking for. And all that you told me? That was true, too. I'm the man they're hunting, but I didn't rob the bank. Oh. I don't expect you to believe me. That's just it. I don't expect anybody to believe me. Get him out of here, Betsy, before he kills us in our sleep. No, Pa. What? Are you crazy? Maybe. Betsy, I order you... Pa, to... he's staying here. He's staying for as long as he wants to. We will return in just a moment to tonight's exciting case from the official files of your FBI. Now, do you want to be dependent when you're 60, or would you rather lead a comfortable, independent life? Mr. Andrew Marble had that choice to make, and he solved it with membership in the Equitable Society. Is that right, Mr. Marble? Yes, indeed. You see, I'm old enough to know that I'm not going to make a fortune unless I strike oil in my front yard. Oh, I do all right, but with the high cost of living, it's tough to put aside much for a rainy day. So my wife and I began worrying about our old age. Well, that's when I called up our local Equitable Society man. You see, I heard you talking about a very interesting retirement plan on this program. And that's called the Equitable Independent 60s Plan. That's right. Well, he explained how the Independent 60s Plan would pay me a nice fat check every week when I retired. How we could live where we wanted and come and go as we pleased. And how my wife could enjoy all these good things immediately if something happened to me and with no further payments. Well, I couldn't resist it when I saw how little it cost. And now when the boys at the shop start talking about the future, 
I tell him to call up my friend, the Equitable Society representative. That's very good advice. If you want to live a carefree, independent life after 60 or 65, call up your local Equitable Society representative. Ask him about the Equitable Independent 60s plan. You'll find him a good man to do business with. He's a trained man who will show you how to get the most from your insurance dollars. So, whatever your insurance problem, future security for your family, education for your children, ownership of your own home free and clear, consult your local Equitable representative. That's E-Q-U-I-T-A-B-L-E. The Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States. And now back to tonight's FBI file, Snow Screen. Crime is every man's business. The thief who steals a car in Peoria or holds up a bank in Honolulu or embezzles a widow in Pasadena robs you. For it is you, the public, who foot the bills of crime. Increase taxes to pay the cost of law enforcement, prosecution, tribunal, and penitentiary. Increased insurance premiums to make up for the toll of theft and vandalism. Decreased value in your money due to portions of the national wealth being diverted from the normal channels of legitimate commerce. Thus, even when operating as in tonight's case, many thousands of miles from your home city, the FBI is serving you. For no matter whether a crime is committed in continental or territorial United States, no matter who perpetrates it, who suffers from it, you are its indirect victim. Tonight's FBI file continues beside a jagged hole in a frozen creek some 12 miles north of Thorndike. All the way. That's it. Easy now. Here she comes. You want to take a look, Mr. Stanford? Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's young Adam Sled, all right. You sure, Monroe? Yeah. Bought in my store. Remember distinctly. Back in September, maybe October... I wonder why he ran the stream. Well, either he didn't know much about handling a dog team or he was trying to throw us off the trail. Did you fellas find any other sign of him? No, we were lucky to pick up the sled. Yeah. If he's under there, the body may not come up until spring. Brad, I don't think he's under there. Well, how do you figure, Jim? Come here. Take a look at the edge of the crack here. See the stains at the rim of the hole? Yeah. Looks like blood. Uh Uh-huh. It's frozen over, and those... Small cracks are all around. They could be finger holes. Makes sense. Well, they couldn't have gotten very far on foot in that storm. Too bad the snow covered the trail. Where would he go, Brent? Well, he'd have to find some kind of shelter. He'd freeze to death. Many houses in this area? Yeah, about a dozen. Fourteen small homesteads. Pretty well spread out. You checked them yet, Brent? No, not yet. All right, let's divide them up and go pay our Christmas calls early. Sleep? Yeah. You think he'll call the police? There's no phone. That's one break. What are you going to do, Dave? I don't know. You... You could turn yourself in. No. But if you're innocent... Who's going to believe me? I'm an ex-convict. But you didn't rob the bank, Dave. I could have. That'll be all they'll need. They know that I've got a... Someone coming. Quick, into my bedroom. Stay there. 
Go on. Yeah? Are you Miss Wells? Yes. Yes, I am. I'm Special Agent Taylor of the FBI, Miss Wells. Here's my credentials. Oh. Oh, I see. Come on in. Thanks. Wells, is your father in? Well, he's sleeping. Oh? Well, I don't want to alarm you, Miss Wells, but... Well, you may already know the FBI is hunting for the man who's been identified as the one who robbed the bank at Thorndike. No. No, I didn't know. Oh. Well, we have reason to believe that he's somewhere in this area. Huh? Oh, I, I assure you, there's nothing to worry about. You haven't noticed any prowlers, have you, or seen anyone suspicious? Well, no. No, I haven't. What about your outbuildings, the... Sheds in the barn. Oh, we don't keep stock over the winter, but the dogs, they'd have known. Yeah. Yeah, but if you don't mind, Miss Wells, I think I'll take a look around back there. Just to make us both feel better. Yeah. Anything come in, Brad? Just the report on that dynamite wrapper. Oh, you got it there? Yeah, let's see. Off a stick of Northern Chemicals Thunder Pack Type 3. It's a new product, just been one shipment into Thorndike, arrived two weeks ago. You check sales on it? No, not yet. I'll get the local boys on it later in the day. Brad, would uh, Adams have access to that stuff? Why, it's possible, but he wouldn't be likely to need to replenish his explosive stock. His claim's not working. Yeah. You think we could be after the wrong man? Well... Could be. I'd still like to hear Adam's story. Did you check every resident on your list? All except Matthew Wells. His daughter said he was sleeping. Well, she runs the place anyway. Has ever since Matt was crippled. Crippled? Mm-hmm. Threshing accident. Made him a complete invalid. Right. Are you sure? Oh, sure. He hasn't been out of a wheelchair for more than two years. Well, who else lives with him now? Nobody, as far as I know. Come on, Brad. Let's go. Oh, where? Back to the Wells place. Yo. Good morning, Miss Wells. Excuse me. It's you. You're Dave Adams. Yeah. I'm Special Agent Taylor of the FBI, Adams. I'd like to ask you a few questions. I thought you said he'd gone. Well, he had. I didn't tell him anything, Dave. I swear That's I didn't. That's right, Adams. You told me. Huh? See, the ground froze last night. When I checked the outbuildings, I saw footprints between the pump and the house, a man's footprints. And later I found out that Miss Wells' father was an invalid. All right, let's get it over with. Dave, ain't you even going to say goodbye? Betsy, just you forget I ever said hello. Wind up the gramophone, Betsy. Oh, don't bother. I'll do it myself.
Why, ain't you going to open up your present? Yeah, sure. It's nice, Pa. It's real nice. Prettiest dressing catalog. Had to send all the way to Seattle for it. I said I liked it, Pa. You was the one wanting a real Christmas. You don't seem very merry to me. No. Why don't you forget him, no, Betsy? No, please, no. Dave! Merry Christmas, Betsy. Oh, oh darling. You shouldn't have come here. This will be the first place to look. It's all right, Miss Wells. Huh? Mr. Taylor. Adams is free, Miss Wells. Well, then... He didn't... No, no, he didn't. We found out that only three men had bought the kind of dynamite used to blow up in the vault. And Dave wasn't one of them? That's right. But a known bank robber was. Our resident agent, Nome, picked him up boarding a plane for Japan, and the missing currency and securities were all in his possession. Oh, Dave. Betsy. Well, I guess I'd better be getting back to town. Oh, uh, Adams, if we need you, you'll be here. Well, Pa? He'll be here. And, Mr. Taylor, I don't, I don't know how to, how to tell you. It's just our job, Miss Wood. Well, sometimes it's more pleasant than others. Well, anyway, thanks and, and Merry Christmas. The bank robber was convicted in federal court and sentenced to a term of 10 years in a federal penitentiary. Despite its apparent simplicity and speed of solution, statistics in the files of your FBI show that 32 members of law enforcement agencies were actively involved in the investigation of the case you have just heard, ranging from agents on the spot to laboratory experts more than 5,000 miles away. On Christmas, as on every other day, the men who enforce your laws stand ready to move against crime and violence, to seek out the guilty, to protect the innocent, to make secure your home, your family, your fireside. If you want carefree independence, you don't have to be rich to get it. Right now, telephone your local Equitable Society representative. Ask him about the Equitable Independent 60s plan. No matter what your life insurance problem, Independent 60s, assured home ownership, education for your children, family financial security, he'll be glad to analyze your needs and present a plan that won't strain your budget. Just consult your local telephone directory for the name of your local Equitable representative. You'll find it listed in the yellow pages under Equitable, the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States. Next week, we will dramatize another case from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Its subject, Armed Robbery. Its title, The Sunshine Syndicate. 
The incidents used in tonight's Equitable Life Assurance Society's broadcast are adapted from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. However, all names used are fictitious, and any similarity thereof to the names of places or persons living or dead is accidental. Tonight, the music was composed and conducted by Frederick Steiner. The author was Robert Yale Libet. Your narrator was William Woodson, and Special Agent Taylor is played by Stacey Harris. Others in the cast were Parley Bear, Walter Catlett, Sam Edwards, Georgia Ellis, James McCallion, Roland Winters, and Carlton Young. All right, this has been Yesterday Today, wrapping up our show, our, our, our theme of bleak, dark, cold winter. You're done with the man against nature shtick? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, hearing Lenny try to pass off Robert's service as his autobiography, it kind of made me think I was being a little bit silly. He's a con man, but he's a literary con man. I mean, yeah, it's cold outside, but winter doesn't last forever, you know. I read Chronicles of Narnia, and in a few weeks it'll be spring again, and before you know it, we'll start complaining about how hot it is outside. Hey, guys. What? Ah, Sydney, don't sneak up on me like that. <laughs> okay, uh, if you need me, though, I'll be driving myself to the hospital. I stood outside a little too long when I was opening the door to the building, and now I think my nose has frostbite. <laughs> Better hurry, everyone. <laughs> Save the old schnoz. <laughs> Feels like it's about to fall off. <laughs> Boy, am I in pain. Anyway, toodaloo. Yeah, I guess there's no harm in praying for an early spring. Well, while Jake does that, if you want more Yesterday Today, you can visit kisu.org or wherever you get your bone-chilling snow-driven, frost-bitten podcasts. In the land of ice and snow, up among the Eskimos, there's a college known as Ookie Wawa. Wawa Wawa. You should hear those college boys, gee, they make an awful noise when they sing their Eskimo tra-la-la. They've got a leader, big cheerleader, oh, what a guy. He's got a frozen face just like an Eskimo pie. When he says, come on, let's go, though it's 45 below, listen what those Eskimo all holler. Come on, let's go. Ice cream, you cream, we all cream, bright cream, rock, rock. Oogie wah wah la la la. Tuesday, Monday, we all cream for Sunday. Shh. Roy Boy Alice Rock. Bula Bula, Sakurula, we've got some chocolate. I'll take 